today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. The Jesus that I know and that I read in the Bible wants relationship. And relationship is the state of being connected. The phone never hangs up. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. As the branches cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. See, in order to have a relationship with Jesus, you must be connected with him always. Always. That's a relationship. Connected. Always. To train a child up, we have to have wisdom about the direction we want our children to go. We know what will make our children happy, to live life the way God intended them to. Pastor Eric shows us a great example in 1 Samuel. Hannah dedicated her son to the Lord from birth, and Samuel grew in God's ways. Let's join Pastor Eric in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26 for today's study. And a great example of one who has dedicated her child to the Lord was Hannah. She was praying that she could get pregnant, and the Lord blessed her, and, and she dedicated her son Samuel uh, in the house of the Lord. She dedicated him. Here, he is yours. Please raise him. Train him up. Use him as you see fit. She dedicated him to the Lord. And in doing so, you guys, it says in 1 Samuel 2, 26, and the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with God and men. By golly, it works. If you pour into your kid, if you teach them God's ways, they will grow up in the Lord. But they have to make their own decision on if they're going to follow the Lord. But you can give them that root, give them that foundation of Jesus. Put Jesus on their mouth, on their tongue. Feed them Jesus. We feed them McDonald's, right? Sonic. All these things that are terrible for their bodies. But why not feed them something that is wonderful and everlasting and beyond mighty power? Just give them the word. Give them God. As believers in Christ, we need to put Jesus in their mouths. And the cool thing is, is it's not just our kids. It's all the kids. There's so many kids that don't know who Jesus is. And I'm not just saying in our church, but in our communities, in our neighborhoods. They don't even know who he is because parents aren't taking their kids to church. But we have the opportunity as believers to share that to the children and to, to, to watch them. You know, I was blessed tonight by just watching the kids rehearse. It's just like it melts my heart because here she is learning who Jesus is. And it's so powerful, you guys. And, and to know that these kids need to know who Jesus is. They need to know him because we don't know if they're being taught at home. They're probably not getting taught at school. We need to rally around our children. I'll share this with you. I'm taking a, a missions class for Bible college, and the missionary said, you know, when we go into the mission field, we target the children. We want to minister to the children. I'm like, the children? Why not the adults, you know? And she said, if you can win the child, it presents an opportunity to win the parent. And if you can win the parent, it brings an opportunity to win the nation. Our children are the key ingredient 
They're the next generation. Their hearts are so open to receive. Their hearts aren't hardened. They're not, they're not filled with all this stuff, all this theology and stuff like that. And they're just so simple and, and open and willing, and they can hear and receive the gospel. And then guess what that does? Their parents see a change in their child. It's so awesome. But yet, we need to be dedicated. And as a church, when I say church, us as believers need to have that heart to share to the children that are around us and to pour into them. Because guess what? We can all be selfish with our own faith. We can be selfish with the knowledge of the Lord. And Philippians 2, 3, and 4 really spoke to my heart. It said, uh, Paul writing the church at Philippi, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. As adults in church, we can focus on our growth only. Oh, I need to get fed. I need to grow. I need to do this. I need to serve. I, need to, I just need to be plugged in. But guys, guess what? Don't be selfish with your knowledge. Don't be selfish of the knowledge that the Lord has shown you. Give out what God is teaching you to others around you, specifically for our next generation. That's a hard one to do, hard to take in. But I think we can be selfish with our, with our own walk. We want more and we want it to focus around me. But it's not about me, it's about others. It's about serving the Lord and sharing what he is doing with others so that they can know his power and understanding. The results of not training up the child, we see in verse 11. The result, this generation didn't do it. What's the result of not pouring into the next generation? Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served balls, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them and they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. Verse 13, they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtoreth and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel so he delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them and he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity as the Lord had said and as the Lord had sworn to them. And they were greatly distressed. What's the result? The generation, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forsook the Lord meaning that they left him. They were not dedicated to the Lord, therefore they did evil in their own, evil in the sight of the Lord because they didn't know who God was. They didn't know who he was. So of course then what are you going to do? You're going to revert to the flesh and do what is right in your own eyes. They served false gods. This new generation left the God of their fathers. So the result of leaving God, God handed them over to those who would persecute them. God said that they would take advantage of them. That they would bring the children into sin. And the crazy thing is, is that God doesn't force anyone to love him. And sometimes I wish he would. 
why don't you just force people to love you, God? Wouldn't it be so much simpler? But God loves us so much that he gives us a choice. He's given you and I a choice either to obey him or disobey him. And if you choose to disobey God, then God allows you to go down that path of sin. Does he want you to go down that path of sin? Absolutely not. But I love God because in verse 16, check this out. This is amazing. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. God does not stop pursuing. He doesn't give up, does he? He does not give up. His love never changes for us. And we see this in verse 16. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Who did the judges deliver? The children of Israel. Nevertheless, even though they were disobedient, God still cared for them and heard their cries. I love the word nevertheless. It means in spite of all that. And however, however, right? Nevertheless tells me, okay, you did wrong, but I still care about you. And then I would do this for you because I care for you. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I care for you. You are serving false gods. You're, you're committing sin. You're walking away. You forsook the Lord. Nevertheless, nevertheless, God raised up judges to deliver the children of Israel out of those who plundered them. I was thinking about that, you know, and with my kids, when my kids mess up, I don't like it. I don't like it when my kids disobey, when they're not doing what they're told. But nevertheless, I still love them. And God is that to you and me. He's like that to you and me. Oh, Eric sins. He's not always obedient. Nevertheless, I still love you. Man, praise God for that. Amen. Think about that, you guys. Oh, I struggled today. I fell. I, I, I did X, Y, Z. It wasn't pleasing to the Lord. Nevertheless, I still love you. Nevertheless, I will forgive you. <laughs> Nevertheless, who would think that it would be so powerful? Nevertheless, while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. The key thing is with nevertheless is found in verse 17. It says, yet they would not listen to the judges, but they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them. They turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked. In obeying the commandments of the Lord, they did not do so. This new generation of Israelites did not listen to their judges, as we will see more in the weeks to come, in the months to come. Instead, they turned away quickly from the Lord, the God of their fathers. See, God has, has sent the nevertheless for us. He has sent Jesus. The nevertheless, right? The question is to man is, do you listen to Jesus? Do you believe in his words? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. John wrote in his gospel, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. 
If you listen to who Jesus is and believe that he is the Christ, the son of God, then you will have life. This is God's nevertheless. 1 John 5.13 says, These things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Jesus is God's nevertheless. Are you listening to him? Because God raised up judges in the time of the Israelites in this generation, but what did the children not do? In verse 17, they would not listen to their judges. They're nevertheless, they wouldn't listen to them. Why? I don't get it. Are you listening? Have you listened to God's nevertheless, Jesus Christ? Or are you going to go and quickly turn from the one who brings you out of bondage to follow the gods of this earth? Because that's what the children of Israel did. Did you guys read it in verse 17? They turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do so. They bowed down to uh, other gods, little g. They played the harlot. They cheated on God. They walked away quickly. This generation of Israelites chose not to listen. They chose not to listen. But God didn't stop pursuing them. Check out verse 18. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. So it tells us that God had pity on Israel. And pity means compassion. God had compassion for the children of Israel. He heard their groaning and he had compassion for them. That's amazing. Because how many times do you and I groan and cry out? And God has compassion for us. He extends his grace and his mercy uh, uh, to, to you and I every single day. The question is, is, do you listen to him and do you follow his ways? See, in verse 9, we must continue in his ways. It says this, it says, And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted, uh, reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers. By following other gods to serve them and bow down to them, they did not cease from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. See, they would change for a moment. Check out verse 19. And it came to pass when the judge was dead, they would revert and behave more corruptly. So when the judge was with them, everything was right. Oh, praise God, worship God. But then when the guy dies, it's going back. Okay, let's go back. The guy's dead. Let's go back and do what we want to do and worship false gods and bow down to them and go back and, and go into our stubborn ways. They became more corrupt and they did not cease from doing their own thing. See, it's important when you change to stay changed. A relationship with Jesus should not be based on emotions or based on situations. I cry out to God when things aren't going my way. That's when I cry out to God. Then I, I'm good, right? Things get better. Calm down. I'm going to go back to the way that I was living. Oh, and then when something bad happens again, I'm going to cry out to God again. God, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to follow your ways. I'm going to be obedient to you. 
but then it smooths out. All right, I'm going to act more wicked than I was. See, the thing is, you guys, is that Jesus is not a 911 operator. He's not just there for emergencies. The Jesus that I know and that I read in the Bible wants relationship. And relationship is the state of being connected. The phone never hangs up. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. As the branches cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. See, in order to have a relationship with Jesus, you must be connected with him always. Always. That's a relationship. Connected. Always. If you're not connected, you have no connection. Which means you have no relationship. Israel, at this time, lacked connection. I think of relationships with your spouses, if you're married. If you didn't talk to them, what kind of relationship would it be? There would be no connection. It wouldn't be any connection. It would be just looking at another person across the room. Man, what's going on with that person? They do things that pretty goofy around this place. I think I want to talk to him, but I don't know what to say. Guys, that's not a relationship. Relationship is connection, talking. And it just, we can easily think that Jesus is there only for emergencies, and he's not. He's there for everything, for the praises, for the sorrows, for the happy times, for the blessings, the hardships, the great, the great times. Jesus is always there, and he wants to be a part of all of it. Do we want to include him? Or you'd be like the children of Israel and you groan, oh, woe is me. Whoa. God, where are you at? We need you. Well, he's faithful and he's there and he helps them out and he provides a way out. But then, click, I'm going to do my own thing now. That's wrong. That's not a relationship. Well, this made God angry. Verse 20 through 23. Uh, then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he said, because this nation has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers and has not heeded my voice, I also will no longer drive, drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died, so that through them I may test Israel, whether they will keep the ways of the Lord to walk in them as their fathers kept them or not. Verse 23, therefore the Lord left those nations without driving them out immediately, nor did he deliver them into the hand of Joshua. God was mad. I think I would be mad too. You do something for your child, and, and, and they, they love you, and they love you, and they're like, oh yes, great. And then all of a sudden when they think that they're good to be on their own two feet, then they bail on you. And go away from the ways that you wanted them to follow and be obedient to you. And they're serving false gods, pretty much mocking you and saying, I'm going to worship this God. God was angry. And he says, because of this, I'm not going to drive out anymore before them the nations which are left. Because God, in his faithfulness to Israel, he said, if you follow my ways, if you remember in Deuter Deuteronomy 28, I will bless you. But if you disobey, you will have curses. 
And so here we see the children of Israel not obeying, and so then the curses that the Lord spoke about, then the nations that were left would be thorns in their side, and their gods would be snares to them, as it says earlier in chapter 2. So God would use these nations that were left to test the children of Israel, to see if they would keep the ways of the Lord. And God would use the people of land, this test would be to test their faithfulness. Are you guys going to be faithful to me? Maybe you're being tested. Is the testing process bringing you closer to God? Is the testing process bringing you closer to God? Are the Canaanites you're facing pushing you closer to God? Or further away from Him? In time of testing, we cannot rely on our own strength. But we need to let the perfect one strengthen us. Well, that would mean in testing times, in those times of difficulty, where things are thorns to us, that we would look unto Jesus. See, the Bible says in Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand uh, of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Thinking of what Jesus endured for you will give you strength to continue even during times of testing. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Pretty amazing to think of what Jesus had done for us and that, you know what, we might face different Canaanites through our lives, but knowing that Jesus is there for us and that he will give us our strength, that's something to hold on to. It's something to, to never let go because that shows the love of God. So looking at these verses tonight, we've learned a lot of things, you know. (laughs) One, the importance and the urgency of teaching our children of who God is. And understanding that God has sent the nevertheless to take care of our mess-ups. The nevertheless. When we mess up, there's the nevertheless, Jesus Christ, right? And the importance of listening to Jesus. It's so important to listen to him. And there's a need for connection with God, a.k.a. relationship. In times of testing, we've learned that we need to look to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Guys, just plain and simple, and I I wrote this in my note, plain and simple, we need Jesus. (laughs) That's what it cries out to me. I read this and I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I can be like that too. And I've you know, played the emergency phone call line, you know, where I picked up the phone, hey, I need you, and then I put it down. And I've, I've not always listened to the voice of the Lord. <laughs> Plain and simple, we need Jesus, and we need to share it with everyone around us. Plain and simple. He is the Savior. He is the one. He's the strength. He's the Holy One. He's the rock. He's our his salvation. He is the Mighty One. And everyone deserves to hear about Him, even little children. There's much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. 
Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges next time. You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at gracetothehearers.com. Sometimes it is just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Though God doesn't need our money, He most certainly uses our stewardship and faithfulness to accomplish His will. Would you consider giving towards the ongoing expenses of bringing you grace to the hearers on this station? If so, a secure option to give a gift of any amount is available by clicking the donate button at gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Again, to make a secure donation, log on to gracetothehearers.com. From all of the production team here at Grace to the Hearers, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. Grace to the Hearers.